Hey, Saluki fans, it's Connor Onion, your host of the Saluki Standards Podcast. Happy holidays. Hope you're having a great holiday season so far, and hope you enjoyed that early holiday season gift the other night at Hinkle Fieldhouse with the big win against Butler. One of the guys I know enjoyed it and enjoyed it in person was big game Jermaine, Jermaine Dearman, Hall of Fame class of 2018 at SIU, part of the 2002 Sweet 16 team and one of the great scorers and rebounders in SIU basketball history. He's our guest this week. Here is Jermaine Dearman. I'll let you get this out here in the beginning, because people can't see you, but you are uh, rocking the fresh Saluki shirt. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, Salukis, man, I'm a dog for life. No matter where I'm at on this planet, no matter what state, what country, what city I'm in, I'm always representing the dogs, man. So <laughs> I put on my fresh uh, Saluki polo. Um, you know, the guys blessed me when I was back home, and, um, you know, for the Hall of Fame. So they gave me some good gear and stuff so I could represent home away from home, you know. Yeah, that's what we like to hear. That's what yeah, we like to hear. Out, yeah, you, shout you out said- to Bryce and uh, Robbie and all those guys for hooking me up, man. Yeah, I know you got to take in the game the other night being there in Indianapolis at Hinkle Fieldhouse. I want to I want to get into that here in a second, but just um, just give people an update on on what you're doing with life and work and everything that's going on right now. Hanging out with the family and friends, like I said, uh, I'm actually selling cars right now. Uh, I was I was working at a school. I was at a uh, Fall Creek Valley Middle School, um, and also uh, you know helping out training with Shoot Three Sixty uh, previous. Uh, to last year, uh, but most recently, since about December, um, I've actually been selling cars now. So I sell cars for a great dealership. We're up in Fishers, Indiana, called Omega Auto Sports. So if you know anybody around that's looking for a good deal, send them my way. We got you. Uh, we sell a lot of mostly used cars, uh, some new, but mostly used cars. So yeah, that's what I'm doing. Using my, you know, personality to you know, make, make a lot of people and family happy. I was going to say, you've got the people skills to do that for sure. Yeah, man. I try to do what I can do, man. You know, I try to, I try to, you know, do my best as far as making people happy. And, you know, one thing about families is you got to get around. So if I can make somebody happy and having a good vehicle for a good price, you know, feels good for me as well. Can I make you feel old for a second? Oh, man, go ahead. Let me, let me check. Let me check and see how many gray hairs I got on my head first. Let me see. All right, I still feel a little young. I still feel a little young. Go ahead. I love that. Well, here's here's my let's make Jermaine feel old fact of the day. The uh, the Salukis right now are off to the best start at six and zero since the year after you graduated sixteen years ago. Six and oh, that is it, that's the first time. Hold on, wait. Are you serious? Yeah, year I after you graduated. That. The year after you See, graduated. That's why I love that. That's why I love that energy. When I came to the Butler game, I just felt the electricity. It was like a flashback, and it was like my adrenaline got the pumping. My hands and palms got sweaty because I knew, I knew somewhere somebody is out there trying to count us out. And we're on the uphill, and we're going to take it the world by storm like we do. So I'm loving it. I'm so proud of those guys, man. Six and zero, let's go, baby, let's go. <laughs> when when you were watching the other night, what elements in this Saluki team did you see from some of the teams that you played on? 
Um, the dog and the fight in them, man. I mean, they had, you know, they didn't give up. They were playing with poise. They looked like they played together. Um, I didn't get there at the very, very beginning of the game. I was trying to wrap up at work. I got a sale right before I was able to leave. I wanted to see it from start to finish, but by the time I got there, it was still first half, and, those, and they got they had it rolling. They were whipping the ball around. Um, uh, Domas was hot, um, you know, light on his feet, great footwork. Um, the big guy was boxing out, battling down there. Um, I was just loving it, man. The crowd was 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 hype. You know, it wasn't as big of a crowd as, you know, we used to have when I played because, of course, with everything going on. But if it gave you that same feel because of the support. And uh, I just loved it, man. It gave me a flashback. I loved it. Every that, that would have been the type of game you would have showed up big in with your oh, nickname, right? Oh, of course. The, I mean, the, the platform was set. Uh, and before I left, you know, with me being from Indiana, like some of my coworkers are big, you know, IU fans. Um, some of them are Purdue fans and mostly IU fans. Of course, they support Butler with it being from Indianapolis. So, you know, I was talking my talk before I left. I was like, you know, I'm going to make sure they all had their foot in their mouth by the time they see me the next day. And I've been talking about it ever since. I said, okay, just because we're going against Butler, they got this winning streak. They got this national winning streak that hasn't been broken. Don't count us out because this is what we do, baby. We came here to shock the world, and that's exactly what they did. They did not let me down. I am so proud of uh, Mullins and the coaching staff of what they've done with those with those guys, man. They got them rolling. I'm so proud of those players. Everybody, man, from from top to bottom on that roster, were, were doing their thing out there. And they got it. I don't care if it was for five minutes or, or thirty minutes, man. Everybody, you know, gave it their best, and I loved it. Brian Mullins, the head coach, would have played a few years after you, but you guys went into the Hall of Fame at SIU in the same class. What yes, type of relationship do you guys have? Yes, sir. Oh, man. Hey, Mullins, man, Brian is my guy, man. Um, he's always been a good guy. Um, you know, whenever I'm able to come back and, 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 and come to SIU and even had conversations on the phone with him, um, he's always been good. You know, I even supported him um, when he was with – uh, was it Valpo? Uh, Loyola. Lo Loyola. I mean, Loyola. When he was at Lo Loyola, um, I didn't know he was on the staff at first when he first got there. Um, but then when I seen him on TV, I seen a couple of uh, TV games, I gave him a buzz and stuff. And uh, he was always in good spirits. He was always, you know, you know, giving me good, huge shout-out and love from, from all we did before he got there. Um, and so I gave it right back to him as a player at SIU after for them carrying on the, you know, the, the tradition. Um, and then also when we, you know, when we went to Hall of Fame, it was, it was the same, man. It's, he's, he's a good guy, man. So perfect fit for, for the team. I know he's going to give that fight that we had, that dog that we had as a, as a player. I see it transitioning as a coach. Um, and, and he's carrying on that tradition well, man. So it's so always, always a good guy. We always got that good connection. How many, life, man. We in it for life. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Once a Saluki, always a Saluki. Um, but uh, how cool is it for you as an alum to see another alumni that was part of that great run the Saluki's had in the early 2000s now leading the program as the head coach? I'm so, so proud, man. I mean, it, it was it's a dream come true. Like I said, I would love to coach myself. So any player that, that that's had a great career always wants to see if they can carry it on 
and carry that tradition on because it's in our blood, you know. Basketball is in my blood. I love cars, you know, I love sports, but I mean, basketball is what I love to do. So when you when you can't play that game like you want to, um, you still want to be around the game, whether it's training or coaching or whatever, or commentating, you know. So that's that's just a dream to come true. So to see that he's able to still do that um, after playing, you know, if you, if you have a great coaching career, I mean, it's something that you can do until you retire. I mean, look at Coach Watson. Like, you can do it forever. So um, I'm, I'm extremely proud of him um, for having that opportunity and taking advantage of it. And uh, I know for him, I can speak for him without knowing there's no better feeling in the world to be around basketball. So to come back to your alma mater and still continue to have a winning tradition. You went from a player to, to coaching at uh, Loyola and having a winning season there, a Cinderella-type season there, to coming back and potentially having a Cinderella season or type story with coaching as well. I mean, what more can you ask for? That was a uh, that was a little nudge nudge with Coach Watson, wasn't it? Coaching and uh, commentating. You're you're trying to get on the you're trying to get on the headset at some point. Hey right? man, I would love to. You know what I'm saying? Uh, any, anything to be around the game, man. Like I say, <laughs> Coach Watson's been around forever. So I was shocked to see him. You know, when I came to the game, I seen him up there next to Mike Reese. Uh, I think I seen Tom Weber first, and then I seen Mike, and then I seen a uh, Coach Coach Watson over there. I'm like, whoa, you got him over. You know, commentating. Uh, and so, yeah, so it was, it was pretty cool, man. Like yeah. I think Bryce told me that he's uh, on contract to do that and back home now and everything. So that was wonderful to see because I know Coach Watson was coaching before, heck, before I got to SIU for years. Yeah. You know what I mean? So to see him go from doing that to all that he's done with us, with me, to going down to Southern Indiana, doing well down there, and now commentating, man. I mean, he's going to do that till the wheels fall off. It's just, it's just, you know, like I say, it's a dream come true, man. We can't ask for more. Yeah, no doubt. Yes, well, the the hope is that this win against Butler will kind of be the launching point for maybe that next great SIU run, uh, mm-hmm. doing it on a national level the other night. Thinking back to your teams, your freshman and sophomore year, you guys were not NCAA tournament teams, but then you break out your junior year and go to the Sweet 16. What do you feel like the launching point moment was during your career? In my career? Um, I think it was that summer. I think it was because, you know, going into my freshman year, it was like uh, I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know the the team very well. I didn't know the city or anything. I just know that when I came on my visit in high school, they treated me well. They treated me like family, like some of the ex-players that – they knew that they were going to be gone when I, you know, when I came there, they still took time to make sure that I was comfortable to make sure that when they left, they carried on that tradition. Um, they had Tootie Watts. I don't know if you remember uh, uh, that played before I was there. He was still around. Um, my other good friend, Brendan Mills was there, Derek Tillman. Uh, you have, you have big Ricky. Um, you had Chris, big Chris. Um, Chris Tillman, you know what I'm saying? So those guys made sure that uh, I was comfortable. So when I came there my freshman year, I was like, all right, I knew that I, this is where I wanted to be, but I didn't know where I exactly fit in. So Coach Weber and Coach, you know, Coach Watson and Coach Painter did a good job of working me in my freshman year. So then my sophomore came, I had all these expectations that I wanted to do this, I wanted to come be the leader, I wanted to – lead the team to do something that had never been done before. And then we get smacked in the mouth and have a, a mediocre season. We end up with like 16 and 14. 
So I think that summer, to answer your question, was like a wake-up call because it was like, all right, I want to go home and be with family, but Coach Weber wasn't having it. He's like, look, y'all can go home for a little bit, but y'all going to come back and y'all going to work your asses off. You know what I'm saying? You're going to get in here. You're going to work out with the football team. At that time, we still had Mark Scott there who went on to be a former you know, NFL player, broke all kind of records in the weight room and stuff. So we work out with the football team that whole summer. We're coming in at like 6 a.m., three workouts a day. So that summer I knew going into the season of my junior year that it was going to be something special because there's no way that we're going to work this hard for it not to be. So I think uh, that was the big turning point for me was that how hard we worked this summer in that preseason. And also the schedule that he set up. I mean, we had some teams that we were not supposed to beat that were on the schedule. And if we did lose to them, you know, it would have been tough for us to get ranked. So, you know, Coach Weber and the coaching staff, they have full courage in us that we would be okay. You know what I'm saying? So that was a big turning point for us, I think, was that summer and that preseason. Some of those Bart Scott-like workouts on campus during the summer, when did those things manifest themselves in a game where you were like, man, we're going to do something special this season? I mean, basically every game you want to say, I want to say because, hmm, probably the biggest preseason game I think where I really knew that it was starting to work, um, we'll probably say when we were in, was he in Puerto Rico or Hawaii? I believe we were in Hawaii. And we came in, we had to play UMass the first game. Um, I think we played against, maybe it was the Chaminade the second game. Um, and then we had uh, Tennessee. So we played against Tennessee, and we were like in a like kind of a dogfight in the beginning of the game before we kind of started going up. And you got to think they had all these big-time players on the team. So it was Vincent Yarborough, who ended up playing in the NBA. They had him on the team. They had Ronald Slay. They had a couple of other guys. They had Tony Harris, who was a Hall of Fame point guard at Tennessee. They had all these big studs. They had all this national ranking. And here we are, a little SIU, and we're riding the game with them. So we're riding the game with them. Coach Weber was like, no, we're not doing zone. We're manning up. So it was no time to get tired. So if you're not in shape, like you would have been in for a rude awakening right then and there. And it was like something like – some point in that game, it was like I felt like I, I never was going to get tired. So I felt strong. I could take their hits. Uh, I felt like I never got tired. I mean, and I looked around, and my teammates were right there with me. So, like, we were in a dogfight. So I think that was kind of, for me, in the beginning of the season, a wake-up call let me know, like, hey, if we're hanging with this big team, we're not getting tired. We're just as strong as them. I mean, the sky's the limit. You know what I mean? And I knew that, you know, those workouts were – pay really big dividends because those football workouts are different than the basketball workout. I mean, there's extra sets, extra reps. You know what I mean? You got to get up early. We're running on a track till you're tired. You know what I mean? Coach Painter and those guys, Coach Watson, has thrown up, man. I mean, there were some crazy stories. I mean, put it like this. We used to run miles, like three, four miles at least that I could think of off the top of my head. And we had certain times we had to make it in. And at one point in time, Coach Watson was a lot older than us. I'm not going to disclose his age, but a lot older than us. And he make us look stupid because when we first started running, he was beating all of us. So he's like, if I can beat y'all, you guys are y'all going to stand a chance out here on this court. So he started riding his bike behind us, sometimes riding in the car behind us. And 
if we if he beat us back, we were going to be running until we were blue in the face. So you didn't want to lose. You know what I'm saying? So those type of workouts, you know, was unbelievable, man. So, I mean, if you can endure three, four miles, you know what I mean, twice a day, lifting weights all day, individual workouts, sprints, stadium steps, you know, I have to make a mile with the guards. I have to make a mile in under five minutes and 30 seconds. Forwards, we have to make it like 545, 45 or under. And I think like the bigs have to make it in like six minutes. You know what I'm saying? Like those are like college track and field times. You know what I'm saying? So You're we're talking- making that consistently. There's no way that you should get tired on the court. You know what I'm saying? So it was like a whole different ball game. It's just a wake-up call. Like once you have that confidence and you have that preparation, that shape, I mean, there's no nothing can stop us. And that's where we were at. You know what I'm saying? So if I ask Coach Watson, will he – Tell me that he was able to run a six-minute mile back in the day. Easily, hands down. Easily, he probably can. you know Coach Watson. He still like he was he, still he might now. Brother game. He probably can get close to that right now. If not beat it, get close to it right now. I, I will. I will put my money on that. I'm. Uh, I, I should see him on the 27th. I can't wait to ask him. Ask him. Say, <laughs> say, dear Miss Ed, that you in shape right now, and he's got money that you can beat a 21 year old right now in a foot race. <laughs> All right. All right. There's, there's the icebreaker next time I see him. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, man, it, it, we were, we were ready to go, man. Those guys, uh, cause Weber Painter, you know, the whole coaching staff, Watson, those guys had us war ready, man. War, war ready. Matt Painter was big in recruiting you. He was an assistant when uh, you were coming out of high school. What was your first interaction with coach Painter? Uh, first interaction with coach Painter. Coach Painter, First came with uh, another guy named Alan Majors, who was coaching at SIU before I got there with Painter at the time. He was on the coaching staff. I'm pretty sure he was the head of, like, recruiting and scouting and stuff. So him and Painter were going the road. And uh, first interaction I had was actually with both of them. Um, I think we had an AAU tournament here in uh, one of our public schools, uh, uh, Arlington High School. And it was in the summertime. It was, like, 80, 90 degrees. Uh, I think I was out there playing with my shirt off. It was one of those times, like, say, we just young and just played all day. Um, I had a really good game, like, really good weekend. I was just trying to – you know, at that time, I was just trying to dunk anything. I didn't care if I had 10 points in the game. If I had five dunks, you would think I was LeBron James out there or Michael Jordan. So, I think I had a really good game. I was just dunking, catching everything off the rim, um, and then, you know, just having fun. And I got ready to leave the court and go home. And uh, Coach Painters and, and Coach Majors came up to me and shook my hand. And they were like, hey, you know, what do you think about uh, you decide where you want to go to school? And I'm like, nah, you know, I'm just – I'm like a junior at the time. I'm like, nah, I haven't thought about it yet. They were like, well, we're from Southern Illinois. Like, we like to recruit you and, you know, things like that. And I was like, yeah, are you serious? They was like, yeah. So, they mean, it ended up getting – we ended up uh, – they get my mom's number or something like that and uh, ended up talking to my mom and, you know, setting up uh, visits and everything. But – that was the first interaction I came from him. I don't know what – you have to ask Painter what he first thought about me in the beginning. But, yeah, the first time I saw him was in the AU, uh, AU tournament. Yep, in Indianapolis. He came my way to get me. In the hood, like we call it. It wasn't, it wasn't the best neighborhood, but we was, we was playing ball. He came and found me in yeah. the trenches. <laughs> what, uh, or how much do you keep up with Coach Painter now that he's at Purdue? Oh, man, uh, he's, a good, he's a good guy, man. I try to keep up with everybody, man. I know – Everybody's doing their thing, coaching. Everybody's in different cities and stuff. Everybody has families and stuff going on. Um, mostly texting and stuff like that. I check in with them. 
Um, let them know if it's good games. I, I try to watch a lot of games on TV. Um, he hooks me up with tickets and stuff sometimes. I go down to the games. Um, I, I went to St. Louis and watched them play um, in the finals. I went to a few, you know, uh, Purdue games. Um, uh, sometimes when he comes to Indianapolis and recruits, he comes and picks me up. Or not picks me up, comes and meets me. We go get something to eat. So big game, where you at, man? Let's go grab a steak. You know, you give me a buzz, I go meet up with him. So, you know, he's a good guy, man. I try my best to try to keep in touch with him. Like all the coaches staffs and my players, like holidays and stuff, we exchange texts and calls and stuff. So we, we do our best to try to stay in, stay in touch. Um, there's a few that I would like to be in touch a lot more and catch up with, and I will make my rounds when the world opens up. But, uh, yeah, we, we do our best to try to stay in touch. I know you've got Weber stories. What's your favorite Bruce Weber story from playing for him? Favorite? I mean, I don't know about favorite. There's a lot, man. There's a lot of Coach Weber stories, man. You can probably talk about him all day. Painter, too, you know. I got stories for all of them, for sure. But uh, um, let's see about the Coach Weber stories. I mean, it's a, lot. a lot of times I got yelled at. Let's say that. Man. He didn't take it easy on me. Um, probably the, the best – Coach Weber's story, I would say, would probably be probably the time where he embarrassed me for the first time, I want to say. He uh, he embarrassed me, I think, when I got down to campus. I want to say it was like my freshman year. Um, I think we were having like a dinner. I don't remember what it was for, but it was a dinner. It was like a suit and tie type of deal. Um, it was at the lodge. So we went out there and uh, we were talking and stuff. And, you know, I was a little nervous. I was scared to talk in front of people and stuff. I was a little shy and timid. and. Uh, because Weber goes up there and he's, like, giving a story background, like, giving it, all the fans and stuff and the, and the sponsors um, and the boosters and stuff a little bit of background stories about everybody. And he goes up there. I'm like, I wonder what he's going to say about me because I haven't got a chance to, you know, do my thing at SIU yet. So he goes up there to the podium and he's like, yeah, you know, uh, we got another freshman in, a big guy named uh, Jermaine Dearman from Indianapolis. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, yeah, the – Funny story about uh, J.D., we call him J.D. around here. The funny story about J.D. is uh, the first time I met him, um, he took a swing at a guy. He tried to he tried to knock his head off on the court. <laughs> I'm like, what? What are you talking about? I'm like, oh, my God. I didn't even remember what he was talking about because whoever remembers everything. So I'm like, what story is he talking about? He's like, yeah, I went down to uh, see him play in Indianapolis. He was playing against Pike in high school. They were playing in the county championship game, and – some guy elbows uh, J.D. for a rebound, like elbows him, gives him a cheap shot, and uh, the whole action goes the other way down the court, and he, he turns around and swings at the guy. If the guy didn't duck, I think his head maybe still be rolling down 38th Street or something like that. I'm like, what? I'm like, oh, my God. Now everybody's going to think I'm Ron Artest, <laughs> just out here beating people up on the court. I'm like, I'm the biggest humble giant on the team, man. I'm like, oh. Come on, Coach. <laughs> Sylvester Willis and all those guys, man, they never let it down. Man. They were making fun of me all week. Man. <laughs> uh, how, much, uh, how much practice has your Bruce Weber impersonation gotten over the years? Oh, over the years, man, I don't know, man. It's probably wonderful. I think Sly probably does it a little bit better than me, though. <laughs> Coach Weber's a good guy, man. I mean, he yelled at so much. He used to yell at so much. His voice would get hoarse. <laughs> like, I, I, feel like, I feel like anybody that's played for him or been around him has – a Bruce Weber impersonation. Is that accurate in your experience? Oh, pretty much. I mean, there's no way that you can't do it, man. He's the, he's the, he's a humble guy. He's a good guy. He's got a great heart, but I mean, he's his, he's his own character, man. Like he is his own 
character. I mean, he's, he's, he's his own meme. I mean, he's the, like, it's just Bruce Weber. Like, you can't, you can't re- re- recreate another one, man. I'll tell you one thing. That dude is a diehard basketball fan. He knows, his, he knows what he's talking about. He knows what he's doing. He loves for the game. He sacrificed a lot for his game, family, friends, time. All of that, man. So when you're that passionate about the game like he is, I mean, he, he expects expect nothing less but perfection. And when you don't come with that, he's going to let you hear about it for sure. I mean, there's day in, day out. I can't think of one time practice workout game that I was able to just come to the gym and just, just be me and just, like, relax. Like, even when I'm relaxing and I'm cool – Nah, it's not going. Like, he's going to find something to make me mad, pee me off, so to get me going a 1,000 miles an hour, and then him and Painter is back chuckling behind closed doors after practice, how they got me all fired up. So, <laughs> that's just what he is. That's just what his passion is, man. That's just him. He, he was trying to get you to swing at somebody, like the first time he saw you. I guess so, man. I'm assuming that's what got him to like me. At least he, had, he knew I had that fire in me, man. So, he's <laughs> like, now all you got to do is try to find a way to control it, I guess. Oh, that's that's so good. That's so good. Thanks for sharing that. That's amazing. Uh, no problem. Yeah, uh, he was a good guy, man. But yeah, man, he's a he's a good dude, man. He makes sure he took care of us. Um, make sure that we were all prepared. Tell you one thing, man. He is the man of a million quick hitters, is what I would say. Mm. We didn't have a lot of big long sets, and I don't know what he's doing now down at K State. But if you didn't remember every part of that play. You can't play for him because, I mean, day in, day out, we have to come to practice. And when he called a quick hitter on the fly, you had to know it. You had to know your spot. You had to know where you was at. And if you didn't, he's pulling your butt off the court. You're not getting back on until you know it. I mean, we probably knew – we probably had about, off the top of my head, 30, 40 quick hitters, I bet. Probably had like – we had like a motion – we had like a motion offense. We had a transition offense that was like a little flow. But besides that, I don't know. I don't think we had any other real plays. Everything else was just quick hitters, quick sets, which I guess was harder for us to get scouted. Because how can you scout us? Because we don't have a real plays. We, everything is just, if you hot, or right, we running this for this person. All right, if this play worked, then we going to, I mean, if, it, if we hit a shot from this side of the court, we're going to run it. We got a quick hitter to get a shot open, open shot over here. Like, that's just kind of how what, what it was. And between him and Painter, man, and this basketball heads and Watson. And Lowry, and Coach Lowry, I can't forget about Coach Lowry. I mean, they, I had a great coaching staff to work for because all of me that played or had wonderful experience coaching. And so when you have that all together, you have all those four aspects, I mean, we were, we were golden. I mean, it was, it, was, it, was, it was in the making, man, for us to win. And all became head coaches. I'm really surprised we didn't have a national championship with all that experience. Yeah. And, and all those guys became head coaches later. Exactly. And I was not surprised about it. Yeah, we even had uh, Coach Shane Hawkins even came and helped out for a period of time. Uh-huh. Even Coach Mitchum, you know what I'm saying? Like our coaching staff was—I mean, I was lucky. Most players in their in their career, they're blessed to maybe have one or two good coaches. You know what I'm saying? Like I was, my whole staff was good. Yeah. Well, I want to talk about the word poise because I think that's what what comes to mind when people think of you. And with this yeah. young Saluki team, yeah. people are starting to talk about how. This young team has some poise in uh, oh, boy, some of the early man. big games. You, you had that poise, NCAA yeah. tournament games, big games in the regular season. Mm-hmm. How do you rein in your emotions to be at your best when the stakes are their highest? I mean, you have to, man. It's, it's certain things, and, and, I, and, I, and I can rave on for days about our coaching staff, about how much they prepared us 
watching game film, scouting reports. I mean, we were running other teams' plays before they ran it. Like, we were calling out their plays before them. So you can do all those X and O's. You can practice to get blue in the face. But when you actually get on that stage, they've done everything they've done to prepare you. But it takes a certain type of player and dog inside of you to be able to either – you're going to either rise to the occasion or you're going to fold. You know what I'm saying? And that's a part of the game that can't be taught. That's something that can come with experience. You can be learned or either you got it in you or you don't. You know what I'm saying? And some people fold in big situations or – big games or big moments. They get nervous and they, you know, they do something that they're not normally, you know, used to doing or, you know, you got an open shot, you made it a thousand times and then you got nervous and now you missed it. Like there's certain types of situations where the, you, the coach can't, can't coach you no more. It's on you. You know what I'm saying? And you have to reach and find somewhere deep down inside of you and you have to find that in your special heart, in your place, special place in your heart. And you have to just go with that. And uh, you got to have that confidence to do it. And I want to say I was, I was fortunate enough to have that, you know, and I think of a lot of experience to me playing in the inner city, playing up against older guys my whole life. I used to play against grown men when I was a kid, getting pushed around, uncles and everything like that. I think that kind of gave me a little bit of that fiery dog in me to step up in those big plays and be poised. And I think I've seen that in this, in this team too. And that's the first thing that I noticed when I came to the Butler game because I'm like, this is that moment where the players that are supposed to shine are supposed to do their job. And then the guys that they don't expect to shine are supposed to step up and make a name for themselves. And you have to be able to be poised because those bigger teams, what really separates them is you got all these big prospects on these bigger schools who are already mostly poised because they've already had these big names. So when you come in as a big, as a mid major, you don't have room to not be on the same level as them. Because if you make one mistake, you're down 20. You're down 10, you're down 15 in a, you know, a snap of your finger. You know what I'm saying? So I saw that in, the, in our school. I saw that in our players. And it made me so proud because I'm like, yeah, that's, that's the Saluki that I know. That's the dog that I know. And it's in our DNA. So I was able to have that in me and also was able to, you know, those coaches was able to pull it out of me. And I also see that, uh, that Moses and his staff is able to pull that out of your players too as well. Because you have to prepare them for that moment. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you can talk to them, but if you're not saying the right things, they're not going to get it. So you have to mentally prepare them and have them so confident and have your players so excited to play and so fired up that, uh, you know, nothing can deter them. And I see that in our team. I really did. I can see it. But, uh, I just hope that they carry it on for the rest of the season. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's one thing to kind of have that tunnel vision of taking care of your assignment in the game, but I, I think about some of the home crowds, especially that you played in front of a, a yes. bunch of sellouts in your career. How do you yes. how do you keep the focus when there's not uh, or when there's a lot going on around you? Not kind of get lost in that crowd and start looking yeah, around yeah. at everything For around. Me, man, it's like one of those things. It's kind of like compared to being like an actor or something like, you know, you can't get lost in the lights. Like you can't like get stage fright, you know? So it's like, if you prepare yourself, if you work out like you're supposed to, you know, stay after practice, come early before practice, work hard. Like we say in the preseason, like everything else should come natural to you. So once you've already done your pre preparation, once you get onto that big stage, you know what I'm saying? And you focus on your craft, 
it should come natural to you. Like a, a few things for me though, what I would do, like I knew that I, if I had, you know, family or friends that may come to the game, or if I know that, you know, it's a big game, and, you know, those crowds come in early. Like I, I get a lot of my handshaking and what's up and high fives out the way before the game. That way when the game starts, I don't really focus on individual faces. It's just the crowd. Now I feed off of that because that, a crowd can be electrified. Big games, it's electrifying. It's hard, it's hard to describe in words. You have to really be in that moment. Because once you're in those big games, you hear the floor rumbling, the seats shaking, the crowd yelling, like you feed off of that. You know what I'm saying? And it can prepare you, pr- propel you to do even things that you didn't even know that you can do. So that's what I focus on. Like I hear that crowd. I know like you live for that moment. I know I, re- I want to make this big shot because I know when I make it, the crowd's going to go crazy. They're going to check my name. They're going to be checking our school. They're going to be checking our team. And it just gives me an adrenaline rush. So you live for those moments. And if you're the type of player that that want to do well and want to step up and, and be a leader for your team, those are the mo- those are the, mo- the moments that you want to happen. You got to be prepared for that. And I can say I just don't I don't focus on individual faces. I just hear it. I can hear the sound. I can feel it. And I just I focus on my job. I focus on the next play. I focus on the rim. You know, I focus on my assignment. And, and then I worry about everything else after the game. I go back and sometimes and watch game film after one of those, some of those big games. And I'm like, wow, I did that. You know what I'm saying? But when you're in that moment, you don't, you don't, you can't see yourself. It's kind of a, like an out of, out of body experience. You know what I'm saying? And then if you get hot, you get two or two, you know, two or three shots go in. It's like the rim is as big as the ocean. It feels like you can't miss. You know I love the acting analogy. That's pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, man. No wonder you guys uh, won 40 of 41 games at home your final three years at SIU. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah you, had it, you had it figured out how to perform on that stage. You have to, man. Like I said, you have to. And then, you know, you got to let it go, man. You got to understand there's one winner and one loser. I mean, we lost some games that was heartbreaking. And that's another thing. You can also use that, too. It just depends on the game. It depends on the moment. Like, there's some games where, you know, teams and players were – uh, overly hyped to where, you know, they were supposed to do this and such and such is going here. And they recruited from here and their first round projected and all this. I took that as a challenge. You know what I'm saying? Like, look at these guys, man. They're not better than us. They put their shoes just like – put their shoes on just like we do. They put their pants on just like we do. What makes them better than us? We work just as hard as them, if not more. So who cares about a big name? A big name don't, make, don't mean anything once this ball goes up in this area. And it's time to go, you know. So it depends on the matchup. If there's a bigger team, I feed off of that. Oh, so we supposed to lose to them? All right, I'm gonna prove everybody wrong. I'm gonna show. I'm gonna show them who we are. I'm gonna show them who I am. I'm gonna show them who our team is. You know what I'm saying? Then it may be something else where you know, uh, uh, something else may motivate you. You know what I mean? It's like it just depends. You know what I'm saying? It depends on you have to find something inside of you every game that gives you that extra motivation to where when it's crunch time or it's, it's something that's going to wake you up when you're not expecting. It may be a loss. You may be remembered because sometimes like we had losses where it crushed me. Like I never, we lost to Creighton, man. I really wanted to win that conference tournament my senior year. We lost to them. I was, it was heartbreaking. You know what I'm saying? So there's some time where you like feel that you don't want to feel that again. Like it hurts so bad. Like I don't want to feel that again. So, so in order for me not to feel like that, I got to go out here and handle my business. You know what I'm saying? So it just depends. Each moment is different. You have to find that and feed off of it and let it fester. 
But let me let me ask you about a specific moment then. Uh, 2002, you guys are down 19 points to Georgia in the second round of the NCAA tournament, yes, and sir. you're you're not that far away from you know just being another Saluki oh. NCAA tournament team. But you guys come back and then you become one of the best Saluki well, teams. It's not only that game, so I, that's a loaded question for me right. personally. I can't speak for the other players on the team. Everybody else had their own reasoning, but for me, goes back to Coach Weber, man. I do not want to hear his voice yelling at me after that game or after that tournament. Because if you can remember, me and Roland was late to to go leave. We were supposed to go travel, so we were trying to finish up. You trying to finish up homework? You trying to practice? We were doing last-minute stuff. And I remember that uh, <clears throat> we had an early morning practice at maybe like 8.30 or 9 in the morning or something like that. And the girl that was supposed to braid my hair, it was like a younger girl at the time. She was like, I don't know, a teenager, like 15 or 16. She's like a friend of mine's, uh, Rashard Tucker's uh, niece. So she didn't get a chance to finish my hair, so I had this fro. So I was like, there's no way that I'm going on national TV with half of my hair braided. So by the time she braided my hair, it made me like maybe 10 or 20 minutes late to practice. When I showed up to practice before we got on the bus, the news cameras and everything was there. And I'm like, oh, my God. I know for one, I didn't embarrass Coach for one. For two, he's going to ring. Oh, he's going to give it to him. And it just so happened. I don't know why Roland was late. You have to ask him. But I got into the locker room. I just knew I was the last one. And Roland was late, too. So to answer that question, me and him both run out there. So. uh Coach didn't let us start against Texas Tech the first round. If you remember that game, we didn't start in the beginning. So I'm like, we cannot, I cannot lose this game because we worked hard all season for us to lose because I was late to a game and, they, and my team needed me. Like, I would have, it would have it crushed me, you know what I mean? So I'm like, I cannot live with that for the rest of my life. So when we came back in to Texas Tech, if you see then, it was, it, we rallied back. Like, it was like go time when me and Roland, when me and Roland checked in, you know what I'm saying? Then the next game we played against uh, Georgia. So, I mean, it's the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Coach was still – I think he didn't start at that game too. I can't remember. I don't remember starting that game. I don't know. Either. I don't think I started that game, to be honest. Or if we did, he might have took us out early. I don't remember if I started or not. I don't know. Maybe I did. But I know he still was looking at us kind of funny. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I remember being on the bench or whatever we, in the beginning. He was just like kind of like – just out of sync, man, because one thing that propelled us over a lot of teams and how we was able to put together those runs is we jailed. Like, we hung out off the court. We hung out on the court. You know, we, we, we were like family. So when you, when you have it and you're all one unit and things are not going the way that you want, it's like you look up and it's like everything that could go wrong for us was going wrong in the beginning of that game. And they were on just on point. I remember Jarvis Hayes even banked like a three-in or something. So I, I remember Coach Weber calling that timeout, and we were down like, I don't know, man. It felt like like 20, 30 points. I don't remember what we were down, but it felt like an eternity. And it was just like a trigger. It was like, okay. In my mind, mentally, like, I just kind of zoned out. Like, Coach was, like, telling us what to do. But it was like I heard him, but I didn't hear him. You know what I'm saying? It was kind of like I heard him, but I was just like – it was like I was in a bad dream or something. I'm like, man, we didn't did all this work to get on this big stage. You know, it's like, we can't go out like this, man. I can't. So it's like, I'm going out here and I'm busting my butt. And whatever needs to happen, I'm leaving it all on the court. 
and we'll see. We'll count it up at the end. And so he put us back out there, man. And I felt like I didn't want to let the team down. You know what I'm saying? Like we're a team and we all contributed to our run in our season. But for me personally, I felt like I needed to put the team on my back. So it was like, I'm going to pick my teammates up. You know what I'm saying? So whatever it needed to be, if it needed to be me, you know, taking a charge, getting a rebound, making a shot, dunking, blocking, whatever it was, I didn't care. Hitting some free throws for once. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't care. Like, I was trying to put together whatever needed to happen, man. And so it just was like, like I told you before, it was like an out-of-body experience, man. I just zoned out. Didn't worry about getting tired. I don't even think about – I don't even remember taking a drink of water that game. He was like, I'm out here, man. Let's go. And uh, I just used that as motivation, man, and just do, did whatever I can do. And it just, like, put together one thing after another, man. It was like, tip in here, steal here, assist the rolling here, screen and, screen and roll, dunk here, screen and pop, jumper here. Set a screen for Kent to get open. He hit a three. You know what I'm saying? You know, outlet it to Darren Brooks. He's on a break. He didn't outrun somebody. Like, it was just like I was just zoning out and – we just picked them apart one by one, and it was like that run just started happening. Like, we get an open shot. It don't matter. If you miss it, I'm getting a rebound. You know, I'm tipping in here. You know what I'm saying? So, that's just kind of how it was, man. And it just it just worked out in our favor. And it all started with a uh, half a head of braided hair. And a half a braided hair, man. <laughs> and not one to hear a coach yelling at me. Jermaine, what was you thinking? Rolling and you, you two? I don't even know why you were late. You don't even have hair. <laughs> so yeah man I, I did not want to hear that raspy voice man just in my nightmares because we lost because of my, i wanted to get my hair back oh that's good, that's good. uh let's yeah, let's man. let's fast forward to the following year uh a little more somber of a topic and i'm sure you know what's coming but uh the last play of your career uh the controversial block charge versus missouri in the ncaa tournament how hard was the ending on you? Oh, man, that was tough, man. I actually uh, I actually had a lot of my family and friends at the game, man. So I was hoping to have that fairy tale ending kind of like uh, when I had a lot of my family and friends back my sophomore year when we played Indiana State. That was probably the most family that I had come to the game. And I, the Indiana State version – Ended with me hitting like two buzzer beaters, beater, sorry, two buzzer beaters on them the same year in front of my family and friends, you know, in Indiana. This time, fast forward, my senior year, I'm back in Indiana. I think it was the last time they had a game at the, I think it was the RCA Dome. Um, so they were finishing that up. Um, I'm getting ready to go, you know, explore my pro career after this. So I wanted to have a repeat. Sweet 16 season or whatever. And the, the the stage was set. I think if we beat them, we might even been playing against Dwayne Wade. I think Marquette or somebody was maybe playing. I don't remember. Maybe not. But uh, the stage was set, man, for us to do it. And it was like we were up by one. I mean, I seen it clear as day, man. It was like I seen uh, Ricky Paulding coming against uh, Darren Brooks. He was playing straight up. Who Darren Brooks is one of our – elite guards. I mean, he's athletic, long wingspan, uh, shoot threes, you know, you know, DB handled the ball, play defense. Now I've seen DB block center shots and centers trying to go up and get a dunk. I've seen him block it before, you know, I'm not saying he has Vince Carter hops, but you know, he was definitely not a slouch on defense. Him and Stetson and, and Tony, like them guys were elite on defense for guards. Uh, and Brian too, Brian Turner was good too. But, uh, 
it was set, man. So I'm, I'm on a, I'm on a baseline. We need one stop for the win. Uh, DB is one on one. I think coach had already called a timeout before and told us to just stay man up and stay straight up. I was checking a, a shooter. It was a big guy, but he shot threes. He was in the dead corner. So Darren Brooks was one on one with uh, Ricky Potton on the wing. It just so happened to be on my side, which was a strong side. So Darren, I see Darren get beat. So he's kind of beat, but he's not beat all the way. It's like one of those where he can't recover. He's kind of on the side of him. But it's like if I don't help and he scores a layup, that's on me. You know, if I help too early and he kicks it to my man on the corner, like that's the easiest shot on the, in basketball is that corner three, and he hits that. I'm not going to hear the end of it. Back to the raspy voice. <laughs> so – I had to make a quick decision, and you only had a split time, split second to think about it. So my my original plan was to stun at him, like kind of fake, jab at him, get him to pass it to my man in the corner and just let me close out and pray for the best. Well, once I stepped in, it was like I was already committed and he was coming, so I planted my feet. I planted my feet, and I was like, don't move. I took the hit, and I just closed my eyes, man. I closed my eyes. I heard the whistle blow. I just knew. If that whistle blew, that was a charge. So I, I'm on the ground. I hear the whistle blow. I open my eyes and look up. My teammate, I think some of my teammates was even cheering because they thought it was a fact, I mean, a charge. And uh, as they were lifting me up, I look at the ref and I just see that fifth foul he was giving me, man. And it was like my heart just fell out of my jersey, man. I'm like, oh, my God. I didn't even want to get up. So, I mean, after that, man, you know, I went on the sideline. Have my fingers crossed that maybe Kent Williams can pull off another Evansville, hit a half-court shot or something. Um, and he ended up, I think, getting the shot off, but it ricocheted off the rim, man. And, yep, that was it, man. I had to go, you know, tuck my tail between my legs and go say my goodbyes to my family and friends. And that was that's how I ended my career. Yep. How long did it take to uh, to mourn the end of the career and the, and the way that it ended like that? <laughs> Man, I'm gonna be honest with you, Colin. Listen, man, I'm still mourning, man. I'm still mourning to today, man. It's something that will haunt me for the rest of my life. <laughs> so I don't think that ever stopped, man, because I really, really wanted that for sure for us. I mean, we did it a lot, man. So it was just part of our tradition. Yeah. So you know, it's your senior year, man. You know, your senior year, you want to go all the way. Right. So yeah, man. I don't think it ever stopped, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, it, it lessened up over time. Well, uh, it probably hit the hardest probably the first, you know, month or two after. But, you know, definitely that first week, I don't think I slept much at all. But it's, it's still it's still a nightmare, man, I think of all the time, man. It's crazy. It, it, is, it, is, it was weird about it. It's some, uh, some fans that I didn't even know that I run into still today, like wherever I'm at, and they find out, you know, Smokies, oh, yeah, man, that's still one of the worst calls in basketball. They even say, even Dick Vitale said it, you know. So even people that, you know, remember our stories still remember that play, which is yeah. crazy to me. But Objectively a bad call, not just for Suzuki people. Objectively, exactly. Uh, any fan that was watching the game did not agree. So right. I don't know, man. Maybe I wasn't set. I felt like I was set. Dick Vitale felt like he, I was set. You know what I'm saying? But uh, apparently the refs didn't think I was set. Right. Uh, I mean, you, you packed so much into your four years of playing at SIU and I'm sure it's still one of the best four years of your life. Um, what advice would you give to players now to help maximize 
the four years that they do have that small window? I would say take advantage of any opportunity that you can um, to show yourself on that stage, whether it's the smallest team or the biggest team, you never know who's watching you. So give it your all, play your hardest, prepare first, because if you come prepared, you don't have to get prepared. So if you do your due diligence, train hard, work out hard, work on your weaknesses and get out there and play to your strengths. Don't get out there and do something that you're not just to show everybody that you, you know, not used to doing or not really well at doing just because you want to try to prove to the naysayers, do what you do best and do it very well. You work on your weaknesses um, in your off time and off season. That's the time to work on your weaknesses. So if you have a problem scoring with your left hand, use that off season to do that. Use practice to do that. Don't try that stuff in the game. Go out there and, and, and do what you do best, man. And, uh, you know, maintain good spirits. You know, be the biggest cheerleader you can for your teammates off the court. And then when you get on that court, take advantage of whatever opportunity that coach gives you. That's, that's the best advice that I can give you, you know what I'm saying? And, and the sky's the limit, man. Don't let anybody count you out. Because we have made a lot of people uh, that were non-believers believers. So you can do it too. So that's what I would say. Spoken like a guy that was well coached. <laughs> yeah, man. I try, man. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's, that's the honest, honest answer I can give him. Well, uh, hey, come, come see us at some point. And uh, I'm glad you were able to make it out there to Hinkle the other night. That was great to see. For sure, man. I appreciate it, man. I'm, I'm going to try my best. Like I said, you guys let me know. Be in touch with me. Let me know about uh, who can come in attendance because I want to do my best to come into the Evansville game. Of course, it's not that far away, a few hours. Um, and I definitely would like to come to the Indiana State game as well. So hopefully they at least still have 25% there because I'll try to come to at least one, if not both of those games too, because it's not that far to drive. Yeah. So I'll take our work for that. I got I got to come. <laughs> so I wish, I wish uh, Belcher was still coaching Indiana State. That would have been sweet to go play and give him an upset. Yeah, man. You've, you've had a lot of chances to follow him around. He's been at like every Valley school. Exactly, man. He's keeping it going, man. Yeah, he is. Yeah. So I'm proud of him, though. You know what I'm saying? Those guys are still doing their thing. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, man. So, yep, yep. I'll be, I'll be in full support, and I'm so excited, man. Like I say, when you get a chance to really touch on some of these new players that uh, that I saw on the roster, man. But a lot of them got a lot of potential. Um, some of the guys that didn't get a chance to get in, I can't really assess that, and I will. I'll be watching all you guys. If you get in five minutes, I will be looking to see what you're doing when you're out there. But uh, the guys that I did see, man, they played with so, so much poise, man. Um, like I said, of course, Domas, man, did his thing. I was very, very, very impressed with his soft touch. He, was, he looked fundamentally sound. Um, he was athletic. And his footwork was immaculate, man. His footwork reminded me of my footwork in the post, and he's a guard. So there's, he has so many weapons and so much unlocked potential, man. I hope he really, really excels. He kind of puts me in the mind of like a Gordon Hayward. Because he's smooth with the ball. He can come off the screen. He can shoot with that soft, feathery touch. You know what I mean? He's aggressive. He got hard. He didn't shy away from the big moments. When they needed a bucket out of him, he gave it to you. Pump, fade, jab, step, whatever you needed, and one. He kicked it out for the passes when you needed to. I mean, he really, really did his thing. Um, the other guy that I was uh, impressed with, I think uh, I think his name was uh, – who was it? I think Was it Jones, number five? Lance Jones, yeah, the point guard. Jones. 
He was quick, explosive. You know what I mean? He was kind of relentless. I liked his game. I mean, I liked everybody, but these are just some of the ones I pointed out. He was very, very relentless with his game. Um, the big fella, number 14, Kyler. I, w- I wanted him to make them free throws. Practice on them free throws, fellas, man. The biggest thing, I'm not the best free throw shooter, but I can. I did what I can do, man. And I would say just from on the outside looking in, hold that follow through, man. If he just held that follow through, it looked like it was online. He just got to hold that follow through. But besides that, he did what he needed to do. He was down there banging with those guys. Some of those guys are bigger, just as big as him. You know what I'm saying? He was wrestling around with them. He was setting those screens for those guys to get those open shots, stuff that don't show up on the stats sheets. He did that well. He rebounded when they needed to rebound. Um, I was I was impressed with that for sure. Um, I was impressed with the other shooter. I think he was number 24. Trent Brown, uh, yep. Uh, Trent Brown, the white kid, the little shooter with the black hair. Yep. Oh, man, he was – oh, man, come on, man. He did what he needed to do out there, man. I was loving it. I mean, and the and one three was just icing on the cake, man, but his shot was wet. I mean, I was like, this dude is a pure shooter, man. I mean, I can't – I have to see him watch a little bit more, so no disrespect, disrespect to my brother, Kent Williams, but he was Kent Williams-ish, you know what I'm saying, out there really? in color for sure. I mean, he came off the he came off the screen. He was picking, popping. I mean, he he did what he needed to do. If it was a one shot fake, one dribble on the ground, he got to a spot and he let it go. Like he he definitely looked like he he played his game. He didn't do something that wasn't in his game. You know what I'm saying? Like I loved it. Like I said, all those guys, man, they played hard. They played together. They all played with poise, um, and, and, they, and they did their thing, man. Uh, so I was really really really, pr- really proud of those guys, man. Uh, Don Banks did his thing as well too. He did what he needed to, you know, did what he needed to do when he got out there. Um, the only one that I was really disappointed, I wanted to see play, and I'm pretty sure Coach know what he's doing with that. I wanted to see what uh, what my boy uh, Chris Cross was going to do out there, man. You know what I'm saying? So I seen uh, you know, Dan at the game and everything like that. So out there support supporting. So he had a three in his first game out there and, and do what he needed to do. He had a he had a three in his first game. Did he? Did he? Oh yeah. I, I seen some highlights from him before. I was on Facebook. I think Joe Joe uh, Cross, my boy Joe, was uh, following him before, man, and working him out and stuff. So I seen he had the skills. I seen all the weapons that he has. I just wanted to see how it translated in that game. So I was I was I wanted to see what he can do. So hopefully I'll get a chance to really see him, you know, do his thing out there as well. But he's young. You got to work. You got to earn your stripes. So don't right. get down on yourself. Keep working hard. You're gonna get your time, but I, I can't wait to see what he what he brings to the table as well. Hey, I love the breakdown. Appreciate that. Nah, man, no problem, man. I just want to let you know about that, man. So, well, uh, have a happy holiday, good, and hopefully, we'll uh, we'll see you at a Valley game at some point soon. For sure, man. I'll be there, man. I'll be there in full support, full Saluki gear, man. Only thing I'm missing, and I'll hit up Bryce for that too, is I need me a Saluki mask. <laughs> Good to go. <laughs> there you go. We can get that done, I'm sure. Or at least all right, that's all I ask, man. That's cool. Small I'll, thing I'll, I say we. That's probably somebody else's responsibility. Bryce, <laughs> Bryce might be able to get that done. <laughs> yeah, cool, man. I'll, I'll appreciate it. Man. Uh, Don't worry about it. Bryce, if you're listening, yeah, man, make a note of that. The big game needs a mask, man. Don't forget about me. Uh, hey, he said it. That's big game. That's Jermaine Dearman, 2018 SIU Hall of Famer and part of the 2002 Sweet 16 team here on the Saluki Standards Podcast.